What do you have a seat? I want to welcome you here today. Welcome those that are watching online across the world. Thank you so much for tuning in. Pray that God will really speak to you. I really just feel in my heart, even as I was just praying there before, just uh, just the faithfulness of God. Amen. I was trying to find tissues because I was leaking everywhere, nearly. As my heart just uh, reflected on the faithfulness of God. Lavina, where are you gone? Lavina. Come out here. Did you, is Adam with you today? Where's he? Yeah, yeah. Where's the mic? Give me the microphone. Here we go, here's one here. Hey, tell me, you, uh, God did amazing work. You came up after the Sunday. Yeah. Because two Sundays ago. That's correct. What happened? Well, we were, it was actually really shocking. Because my husband and I were sitting and Pastor Dave started talking about, you know, I am. And he spoke about Moses and how Moses said, if you, if the children of Israel ask me who sent you, say I am. Yeah. And the Lord had given us in that very week the revelation that you preached about. And he said, I will be who I need to be in that circumstance. <laughs> so if you're weak, I'll be your strength. Yeah. You know, if, if you need to go into battle, I will be your weapons of war. If you need courage, I'm going to be your encourager. So, Come on. Yeah, so I will be what you need me to be in that time. And so what happened? What were you doing? What was going on? We were actually, we were, because we were, we were looking at I am, and we were, we were looking at God's attributes. Yeah. And basically, what actually happened was the Lord was saying, I cannot be contained by just a name. I'm more than that. Amen. Yes. <laughs> did you buy a house? Yes. Yes, we did. <laughs> it's a miracle, Pastor Dave. There's what, what God has done for us, I'll be honest with you, it could, not in the natural. A beautiful double-story, five-bedroom house on 918 square meters of land. Come on. Yeah, and everything is double. We've got two gates, two garages, two toilets, two bathrooms, two of everything. Everything is double, 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 double. Amazing. Thanks very much. Thank you, Pastor. And uh, really believe in that. If you're here today and you're a believer, if you are not a landowner, you do not own your own home, but you have it in your heart to do that, I want to encourage you and inspire you. We want to help you. I'm believing that today. There will be people here. You'll buy your first in your own home this year. I really want to get into it this morning. Have you got your, got your Bibles with you? Just something I, I've just been meditating on my heart. I really want to get into it just, in the, just because we've got some, just need to move on along because of time. In Psalm chapter 27, Psalm chapter 27, verse 13 to 14. I love the book of Psalms. Here we go. I would have lost heart. I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord and the land of the living. Wait on the Lord and be of good courage and he shall strengthen your heart. Again, I say, wait on the Lord. One of the things I love about us as a church, uh, and I just value the ministries that are here of healing the heart. 
And it's something that we emphasize as a, as a church, is about the healing of the heart. And there will be people here today that you may be going through right, things right now and that your heart is feeling weak. I want to encourage you today that wherever you are, I believe that today God wants to put strength into your heart. Hallelujah. God wants to strengthen your heart today. He's, David said, I would have lost heart. There are sometimes we get into a place of life where it feels like our heart has just dropped through the floor. I don't know if you've ever experienced that. Maybe it's um, you've, ex- you've heard something. Maybe something's happened to you. Maybe it's an internal struggle that you're going through. Maybe it's a fear. Maybe, uh, maybe it's a financial situation. Whatever the situation, even David got into these places in life where it felt like his heart was about to fall through the floor. No one encourage you today that if you are in that space right now, at some point you're either going to, you are in it right now, or you are going to go through it at some point. And I want to encourage you today, one of the things I felt in my heart, I've been meditating on the, for a while, is that our heart would be strengthened. He says, I would have lost heart unless I believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of living. The, 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 the point being, the goodness of the Lord needs to be manifest in, our, in my life. It's one thing to say that, yeah, the good look, goodness of the Lord is coming one day, but that's not going to help me today. I need to see the goodness of the Lord and manifest in my life. Are you with me this morning? How many people, you want to see the goodness of the Lord manifest in your marriage? How many see, want to see the goodness of the Lord manifest in every dimension of your life? Absolutely, that's what I'm believing for. I would have lost heart. It takes a, I'm going to just move through this quickly. Let me tell you this. It takes a strong heart. Somebody say a strong heart. It takes a strong heart to, to, to walk in the promises of God. There's a difference between having a, a broken, see the Bible speaks a lot about the heart, more than we think. The Bible speaks of having a fat heart, it speaks of having a hard heart, it speaks of having a broken heart, it speaks of having uh, a strong heart. And so a, a healed heart is one thing, but having a strong heart is something else. Are you with me this morning? Yeah. Having a broken heart is one thing, having a healed heart is one thing, but actually having a strong heart is something else. And for us to, for any of us to walk into the promises and what God has for us, it takes a strong heart. It takes strength of heart to do it. It takes strength of heart to do it. And, and having a healed heart is, 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 the, is a step in the process of having a strong heart. We'll move on to that another day. You look at what God instructed Joshua when he was on the point of walking into the promises of God. He said in the promised land, he said, only be strong and courageous. He repeated himself several times, only be strong and courageous. Be bold. Be strong and courageous. What he's saying there is this, have a strong heart to enter into the things, enter into the land I have for you. You've got to have a strong heart. That's why we have, we place value on having our heart healed because You've got to have the foundations right before you can start to build strength inside of your heart. I believe that God, for us as Christians, God wants us, to, his sons and his daughters, to have a, a strong heart. The heart of a person can be broken, but it can also be strong. The heart of a nation can be broken, but it can also be strong. I want to unpack over this little why about what it means to have a strong heart. So God instructed Joshua to only be bold and courageous. The question I have was this, what is a strong heart? How would you know or how would you recognize somebody with a strong heart? 
How would you recognise? You know, it's, it's, it's relatively easy to recognise somebody with a broken heart. Sometimes it's not, but nonetheless, you, what does it mean? What would it look like to have a strong heart? How would that be manifest in our life? We'll unpack this another day. The question, so these are some of the questions I had. The other question I had was this. How can I build strength into my heart? How can I do it? How can I build strength into my heart? It's one thing to have somebody lay hands upon you, but sometimes I find that, actually, I needed more than that. In the same way, to build strength into a body, there's some physical trainers here. You don't go to the gym once and have one session with a trainer and be strong. Isn't that right, Darren? <laughs> You've got to put yourself through some places to build strength inside of your heart. And I want to open up the script. We'll open up the scripture a little bit more. One of the things, the obvious state, obvious point is this: it requires action on our part. In other words, we cannot be passive and expect to have a strong heart. It's not just going to happen by itself. The Bible says, unless I, have, unless I had believed, in other words, unless I have a faith in my heart, in other words, it looked like my world was going to fall apart. However, it took a positive response. It took an affirmative response of faith. Unless I had believed, in other words, unless I had some faith inside of my life, I would have lost heart. So it's important for us as Christians, in order to sustain a healthy and strong heart, faith, having a dimension of faith, is important. If we're not in faith, what we find is our heart starts to diminish after a little while. But he says, unless I had believed, clearly faith is required. And then he says uh, to be courageous, and I'm just going to open up a little bit more. He says here, and then to wait upon the Lord. Somebody say, wait upon the Lord. Wait upon the Lord is not sitting on your seat saying, okay, how long is this going to take? Okay, God, we're just waiting. Any, any, just feel free to just turn up into my marriage anytime you want. Feel free, O oh Lord, to turn up in my finances. Just when you're ready, I'll just, be, I'll just be waiting here patiently. No, 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 the word wait means to have an eager expectation for. It also means this. It also means to, 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 to bind or to connect or to entwine myself. In other words, what it means is this. Waiting is never passive. Waiting on the Lord is never passive. I never sit here and say, uh, it means to entwine your heart. It means to entwine your thought life. It means to entwine every part of your being to who God is. So again, waiting on the Lord is not, it's, for some people it can, be, it can come across as a passive, uh, like a passive action, a passive response. No, it's not. It's a, there's a faith element to it. There is something that I do. When I wait upon the Lord, what I do is I, my, my thought life could be over here on the circumstances, but actually when I, I wait upon the Lord, my thoughts, my imagination my affections, every part of me has got to start to connect on the person who, of who God is. That's what it means to wait upon the Lord. My circumstances may be trying to tell me this, but actually when I wait upon the Lord, it means I fix my heart, I fix my eyes, I fix my affection, I fix my imagination on who Christ is. That's what it means to wait upon the Lord. And let go of control. Let him be how he will be when he will be. You're with me this morning. 
There's another part here. See, I, I am in, both inspired and intrigued. Listen, it says here, and he will strengthen your heart. One of the things I, I was intrigued by this is how exactly does God do that? How does God strengthen our heart? How would he do it? There's many different ways, but sometimes, and I just want to help you a little bit this morning, encourage you. I'm inspired, I'm intrigued by how he strengthens people's hearts, what he did, and how he arranged circumstances to transform people. There are times when God just puts strength into your heart through prayer. He does that. I found this, though. Many of the times, God's strength comes, it was already there in the first place. But he arranged circumstances to a point what I thought were circumstances to trouble me were actually circumstances to bring strength out of my heart. Let me tell you this. Transformational change has a couple of elements to it. One, it has drivers to it. There's always forces that are around change. The other thing it takes is time. So process. You, process is important to building a strong heart. You don't just get a strong heart just by doing nothing. It requires us to go on a journey. That's why in ministry, I'm reluctant to put people into ministry too quickly. Why? Because they need to develop strength inside of their heart. It's one thing to have skills. It's one thing to have weapons of warfare. I'm going to open this up for you. It's another thing to have a heart for it and have strength in your heart. I can give you tools. There are plenty of tools that you can have, but it's another thing to have strength in your heart to be able to face battle. Let me open up the scripture for you. In Exodus chapter 13, verse 17. And then it came to pass when Pharaoh had let the people go that God did not lead them by the land of the Philistines, although that was near. For God said, lest perhaps the people change their minds when they see war and return to Egypt. So God led the people around the way of the wilderness of the Red Sea. And the children of Israel went up in an orderly ranks out of the land of Egypt. Another translation says this, that the children of Israel went up fully armed out of the land of Israel. Interesting. Interesting piece of scripture because it says here the Lord led them, didn't want to lead them this way, lest they face battle. So I'm going to bring them this way. But it also says that they went out fully armed, which poses a lot of questions. Was it truly the Lord's heart that his people would not see battle? No. There was a timing for it. There was a process that they had to walk through, and they had to do it at the beginning of their journey. Let me explain to you this. It was one... It was. For some people, if you're very outcome orientated, in other words, forget the process, forget how people feel about things, let's just get to the goal. How many people like that? <laughs> if God was solely like that, the, the journey from, like if you looked at physically the journey that took place, the, 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 the journey that was from Egypt up the coastal route to the promised land was literally only about 10 to 12 days march. That is it. So if it's solely about the outcome of getting you into ministry or fixing your situation or getting you into the place of promise, if that was the entire goal, 
there was a short way there. Just go through that way there. But no, God said, no, we're going around this way. At least they see warfare. Does that mean they didn't see warfare that way? No, it doesn't. They would have experienced warfare either way. Either way, there was trauma in front of them. Either way, there is trauma. If you're going to move into something, either way, I can assure you this, there will be trauma. There will be a battle that you've got to fight. There's going to be a battle for your children. There's a battle for your finances. There's a battle for your heart. There's a battle for every aspect of your life. The fact that that you're not going to see it is, is a fallacy. It's not going to happen. You will see it. The question is, why did he go through this way? Why did God take them on a journey that was potentially more traumatic than the other short way? Why? The route God took them, they took them, through the, they took them through a path where they would have experienced, when they did experience, a lot of fear. So, so why then did God say in his scripture that he didn't want them to experience the warfare at that point? You can see how you can open up scriptures a little bit more. Why didn't God want his people to face war? Because they might return. Why did they leave Egypt fully armed? The other question I had was this. If God really didn't want his children to face warfare, why then did he provoke Pharaoh to chase them in the first place? Why? One of the things I find is this. Sometimes God provokes circumstances not to antagonize us, but to build something inside of us. The fact is, as Christians, we will face a dimension of warfare. Not just once, but our journey will be full of it. Hello? Moses, interesting. And so the first battle that they get to, the first point of conflict, the people were terrified. So God, he said, I'm not going to bring them that way just in case they face warfare and then turn around and walk back again. But this way here, also, the Bible clearly says that they were absolutely terrified. In Exodus chapter 14, in verse 13 to 14, it says, And Moses said to the people, Do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish you for, for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall see no more forever. The Lord will fight for you, and you shall pull yourselves together, boys. He said that because their hearts were trembling. Their hearts were like reeds. They were afraid. They were experiencing another, what looked like another trauma. Is it mean of God to do that? Absolutely not. The Bible says, he said, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Interesting. I'm just going to cut forward a little bit. You look at the contrast between this battle or this conflict and the next conflict that they had. And the, and the, and the difference between the, 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 the transformational change that took place between the two people. Shortly, literally, in the space of two, maximum three months, three months after the crossing of the Red Sea, just literally only three months. The Bible says about two months, and then it's given us a little bit of time. It was about three months later they experienced another conflict. However, in this conflict, it was the Amalekites. Now, were the Amalekites any more menacing? Absolutely. They were, in terms of the intimidation factor, the intimidation factor of that challenge that they were experiencing was just as high as what they would have faced with the Egyptians. Intimidation factor was just as much. 
But one of the things you notice in this particular conflict was how little God appeared in that conflict. In this particular conflict, it looks like we're dealing with a whole bunch of different people, literally in a space of three months. Over here in this conflict, everyone was like, ah! They're going to destroy us, God, we should have gone back. Over here was a different, con over here, sorry, God did all the fighting for them. They just had to remain still. Over here, there's not really much mention of God at all. Not to say that he wasn't there, but the, you, you read the story, the Bible says that, the, that Joshua led the people into battle. They led, led the people into conflict and they won a great victory. All they had to do was literally just lift their eyes up and the battle went in their favor. And it got to the point where they discovered something about themselves. They discovered within a short amount of time that they weren't the fearful people that they were back then. Within three months, there was a transformation of, oh, I remember the trauma of what's happening to me, to, my God, we discovered that there's a fighter inside of me. There was something I discovered that I didn't know that I had in me before. There was a warrior. They fought and they won. Without having God to do it all for them, they did it. My point being is this. At some point, there was a transition where something shifted inside of their lives. Prior to the Red Sea, it was, oh, we should have gone back. Pray for me, minister to me, save me. God, just intervene in my marriage. Oh, no, rescue me from it. Over here, it was, we won. Yes. Sure, there was a little bit of complaining about the noise and the lights and this and that and the other things. But the bottom line was this. They discovered that there was victory inside of them. They decided that they were, they, they, they discovered that inside of them, they actually knew how to fight. They actually were better than they thought they were. Inside of them was a victor that was always there. It just needed something to change, to transform them from, oh God, don't you like me anymore? So you rejected me, they didn't say hello to me. It's a transformational change. Let me unpack this for you real quickly. On one side of the Red Sea, they were fearful. On the other side, they were completely different. The change was remarkable. There was, where was the fear? Where had the fear gone? Where had the fear gone within a space of three months? Where had it gone? There was a little bit of moaning and complaining about the water and the food and blah, blah, blah. But where, would the, where had the fear gone that so plagued them back there? Where did it go? And how did it go? What had changed? Within a space, just over here, God was protective of miracle working. Three months later, it's totally different. They discover about something about themselves. See, the, the route that they could have gone, the short route, also had a short route home. One of the things I discover is this. There's a process that God has to take us through. If it's just about getting you into the place of promise without having to go through the process, I can tell you now there's a short route home. There are people that I know, they get into a space too quickly without having to go through a process. And then they only last for a little while. The first bit of conflict, they're home. 
See, the short route to the promised land was also a short route home. The Red Sea, there was no way back. There was no way back. In other words, there was a point in their journey of no return. There was a point, and they had to reach that point, that over here, if I took this path, there's always an easy road home. Or where we were back used to be. When I go this way, there was no way home. The difference is huge. In there lies a military strategy that has been used for years and years. When the Spanish invaded Mexico, one of the things that they did was when they got to Mexico, they burned the boats. In other words, there's only one way to go, and that's forward. The Romans did the same thing. It was called the Rubicon, crossing the Rubicon. In other words, we're not going home. We're either going to die or we're going to be victorious, one or the other. The problem for a lot of people is this. They want to take the short route, the quick fix, the first sign of battle, they're out of there. When you've burnt your bridges, when you've got to burn the right bridges. <laughs> when you make that decision inside of your heart, I'm going to make the journey of crossing the Red Sea to the point where there's, there ain't no, no going back. We're going to move forward. That, my friends, is a decisive moment in our life. The greatest change happens in our life when we cross our own Red Sea and know that there's no way going back. It is there where we discover the strength that God puts in our heart. See, that strength in Israel was always there. In spite of their brokenness, in spite of their complaining, in spite of their moaning, actually there was always a strength inside of them. God just had to arrange the journey to a point, to arrange the circumstances to a point where they had to make a decision to cross or remain in a place of passivity. They had to make a decision, we're crossing, there's no way back. We are only going to move forward. The moment they made that decision, they were kind of forced into it, but nonetheless, <laughs> they still crossed the Red Sea. And then they discovered that there was more in them than they ever thought. I want to encourage you today. There is a strength that we discover that is already within us. After we make the decision, I'm not going back anymore. I'm not going back to the way that my marriage used to be. I'm not going back to the way my finances used to be. I'm not going to go back to the way that I used to live in all these parts of my life. I'm not going back. There are people here today who have made courageous decisions to break out of culture, to break out of religious bindings. May I encourage you and inspire you. Don't go back. Don't take the easy path. Don't take, don't take the direct path. Uh, you may be going through something right now. I want to encourage you that perhaps, and it's most likely, quite likely, that God has arranged somebody to pursue you and chase you that looks intimidating, but actually God's fighting for you because He wants to bring something out of you because there's going to be a new conflict inside of you that will cause a warrior to arise. Come on, somebody. Courage is a strong heart. It is not the absence of fear. See, the process allows God to expose our vulnerabilities.
When they came out of Egypt, they they had the weapons, but they didn't have the heart yet. Didn't mean they didn't have the heart at all. They had the weapons. They just didn't have the strength of heart at that point. It took them a little conflict or two to get it arising inside of their heart. Our challenge moving forward for you and for me is not the lack of tools. We have many giftings. We have many resources available to us through Jesus Christ and through His body. It's not that. It's the strength of heart. That's the strength of heart. It's not going to come on you by just somebody praying for you. The ultimate example of a strong heart is Jesus Christ, who in crossing His Red Sea, arose victorious. All of us have got a Red Sea to cross at some point. My encouragement to you is this. Let strength arise in your heart. Be strong in the face of adversity. Be strong when you face those challenges. Be strong. Don't turn away and wait upon. Just because the Lord intervened supernaturally back then doesn't mean He's going to do it all the time. Because the whole point was to allow strength to arise. If God's just continually fighting all your battles for you, no strength will arise. He'll fight one or two. But His ultimate goal is that you would arise. That you would be strong. That strength would arise in your heart. I want to encourage you this today. I wanted to just testify to the goodness of God. You know, when I, for me personally, I've had my own battles to fight. I really have. I struggled with rejection. I struggled with fear and failure. I really did. But I knew when I stepped up into this role, it was never going to be easy. Never. I prayed, God, give me strength. God, where are you? Deliver me from all my enemies. I was still afraid. Let me tell you just just quickly. You may think that as a pastor, I don't struggle. Absolutely, I struggle with some of this stuff. I remember standing here week after week. Here's somebody here who's, I struggle with failure. I struggle with rejection. Week after week, standing as I picked up the as I picked up the church, not knowing who was going to walk away from me the next day. You don't think I struggle with? I've, I've never struggled with anxiety. Absolutely, I have. As I was standing here at times, preparing to inspire people, what I was wrestling with on the inside was: I wonder if people here are going to walk away and run away, just like the rest of the people did. God. have your own battle to fight. See, now things are different for me. They just didn't go away magically. They didn't just disappear off my life. I just had to make a decision to keep coming. To keep showing up. I know what it's like to struggle inside. I know what it's like to struggle with anxiety, to, to my, my heart to, to, to fear. I know what it's like. I experienced it week after week standing there. Is anyone else going to walk away without saying nothing? Anyone else? 
Anyone else going to walk away? I'm just, just trying to bring out what I was feeling. God strengthened me. There was no magic thing from heaven that came on top of me. I just had to keep turning up for battle. And what I discovered was this. That I wasn't as weak as I thought I was. Inside of me, I thought it was the demons trying to attack me and things like that. I was praying for rejection to go and all this kind of stuff. I, I get that. I, I, I prayed for people. I've, people laid hands on me. All of that stuff. I've been through that. But I was still struggling. I was still afraid. I was still anxious. But one of the things I discovered was I was better than I thought I was. Actually, I wasn't the failure. I wasn't. Even though people had, some people had walked away and said some things. Actually, what it did was cause something inside of me to rise up. I wasn't the fearful person that I thought I was. I wasn't the failure that I thought I was. Even now, I still remember the words that were spoken over my life. I still remember reading those words saying, he's not good, basically saying he's not good enough, we need to replace him with somebody else. He, he hasn't got what it takes to be this. I don't think he's got the capacity to, I remember all those words. If I close my eyes, I can still read them on the paper today. See, I have battles just like anybody else. But I just made the decision, I'm not smarter, I'm not more spiritual than any one of you. I just made the decision. I'm just going to keep fighting. I am going to strengthen my heart. And now, now the difference is, my thinking is not, I wonder who's going to leave. My thinking is, how can we build something bigger? How can we expand? How can we do something bigger and faster? How can we touch more people? What about you? The conflict that you might be going through in your marriage or your finances, it's your conflict, you know where it is. Perhaps, just perhaps, just perhaps the whole thing's been arranged by God in the first place. Just perhaps, He was the one that sent that Pharaoh to chase you a little bit, to give you a wee bit of a run around just to see what you got in there. Just perhaps, let me, talk, let, let me assure you of this, I'm confident in this that He is with you. He's with us. Let your heart be strengthened. One way He can strengthen our heart is when we entwine ourselves into His presence. Wait on the Lord and He will strengthen you. Another way is having somebody with us just to stand and say, I'm with you. You know, in my darkest moments, I've had people call and say, ah, I'm with you. <laughs> with you. When I'm going into a battle, worried inside, wondering if anyone's going to turn up, whether I'm going to be left with a humiliated, and someone phones up, ah, I'm with you, we've got this. 
And somebody, an old friend, texts me during the week. Haven't heard, him, heard from him for ages. Hey man, just got you on my heart right now. I know some, I won't use the word that he said. It's the house of the Lord. He said, just put you to know that I'm praying for you, man. God will send somebody with you. And I don't know about you, but maybe you're here and you're facing a battle in your marriage and your finances, wherever. Let strength arise in your heart today. I know God's got some great things for you, but allow Him to take you on the journey of building strength inside of your heart. Why don't you just stand to your feet? Just lift up your hands. they discovered something about themselves that they were mighty warriors they discovered that they were a great father that they discovered that they were actually a good husband after all they discovered that they were a good mum they discovered that they were there was a, a businessman inside of them they discovered that there was bigness they discovered that there was victory inside of their hearts they discovered because they made the decision to cross the Red Sea. That's why it's important to get baptised in water. Make a decision today that you are not going to go back. Make a decision today that you're not going to take the shortcut. You're not going to take the easy route. You're not going to take the coastal route to what God has for you. Make the decision in your heart to yield to His work, yield to His voice, to yield to His Holy Spirit working inside of your life today. And I will tell you, I promise you, you will see victory if you hang on long enough. If you are here today and you are facing a challenge and you want somebody to stand with you today, I'd love for you just as we finish and conclude, why don't you just make your way to the front of the auditorium here? I'd love for people just to stand with you and say, man, you're not alone. Sister, you're not alone. We're praying for you. We've got you in our heart. You can do this. There's a, a great man. Come on, if you're here today and that's you, you need, just need somebody to strengthen you. Come to the front. Come on. Let's worship Him this morning. Come on, let's lift up His name today. Come on, let's worship Him today. faithful today. Come on, I'd love for people just to come up and stand with our brothers and sisters here today. Just, if you feel it in your heart, you want to come up and just stand with them, just come up and stand with them. You're not alone. You're not alone. Whatever you're facing, you're not alone in this. Let me encourage you. Darren, the Lord's hand is upon your life. The Lord's going to be starting to stir your life. It's going to be a great sense of purpose start to awaken inside of your heart. Nathan, the Lord says, He's in chaos with you, man of God. Let not, let not your heart be discouraged. Let not your heart grow faint. The Lord is with you. The Lord is with you. There is a great plan that God has for your life. 
Father, I pray today, Father, your strength will come onto your people today. Lord, I pray today, Father, that strength would arise, that hope would arise in the name of Jesus. I bless your people today. I bless your people with strength. I bless your people with joy. In Jesus' name. Wonderful. God bless you.